From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, there is just too much. Basketball's everywhere, soccer ball's in Ohio, new baseball's all over the desert, golf ball's flying every which way in the wind, and oh yeah, Tom Brady is coming back. So tonight, we're going to check in on all the Cleveland teams, talk Major League Baseball's comeback, and then try to talk about everything else as we close out Daylight Savings Day 1. I am joined for tonight's adventure by two of the best ever. Co-host Phil Denko is here. Hey, Gerbs, is it a choose-your-own-adventure? I'm down for that. (laughs) It is not. I've chosen Ah, all the adventures for you. Well, thanks for having me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Interpretive park ranger Chuck Rambaldo is here as well. Please tell me that's a real job listing on Indeed. <laughs> it is. Hey. Everett Washington. No idea what it is, but you get 22 bucks an hour. You can find all the details on Indeed.com. Want to get paid for doing stuff? Indeed.com has a post for that. <laughs> that's a good money. 22 yeah. bucks an hour to interpret work? Sounds fine by me. <laughs> it's interpretive park rangering. So you got to oh. be, be ready to ranger, Chuck. All right. Yeah, it's um, up to his interpretation. It's fine. <laughs> that's right. Sounds like a sounds like an easy win. <laughs> All right, Chucky. As long as we're here, let's start with you. The Principality of Islandia is a brand new independent country off the coast of Belize, purchased with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in crowdsourced funds. Islandia, roughly one point two acres in size, is the world's newest micronation island and has its own national flag, anthem, and government. Currently, you need a tent to stay on the island, but investors are considering building a house. So, Chuck, can I interest you in Loud Island, Michigan, a 30-acre island near Lake Huron, up for sale for a mere $3.2 million. Or Frypan Island in northern Ontario, five acres, only 500000 American dollars. Or Tambor and Tuma Goats. In this deal, you get three islands for only $2.5 million off the coast in Panama. What do you say, Chucky? Time to start your own country? Those are all great options. The I-Island, or what was it called? I-Island? Was Island McIsland not available for that name? No, Tambor and Tuma Goats. No, not that one. The, the first, first one, one we were talking oh. about like an hour ago. Prince, the one. Principality of Islandia. <laughs> yeah, Islandia, yeah, like Island McIsland's not available. I think that the Canadian one sounds pretty nice. It sounded like it was a, a sweet deal if the exchange rate can work in my favor. Well, yeah. look into it. There's actually a website where I found all these things. There's islands all over the place for sale. Most of them are pretty expensive. But fellas, why don't we get started Stay at home in our first segment. We'll start with our sip of wine and gold, the weekly Cleveland Cavaliers recap. Cavs split for the week. Took down the Raptors on Sunday night, went on the road and hung tough for a win against the Pacers on Tuesday, lost ugly to the Heat on Friday, kept it close but couldn't get a win against the Bulls on Saturday night. They finished the week 38-29, and uh, still the sixth seed, but only a game ahead of the Raptors. This team has continued to win despite injuries piling up all season. Are we at the end of that line? It seems so, because I think we're like three and seven in our last 10 games, and we can't get through a game without someone of importance getting hurt. Rondo's hurt again uh, after last game. Markkanen didn't play, yeah. There are like four guys who are questionable for the game Tuesday night, and that doesn't count Allen, who is out for sure. I don't think we're going to just win despite these injuries anymore. We got to get the right guys back and at least limp through these last 15 games to stay in the top six, which is going to be tough. I look back 
and listened to our podcast and looked at things on the schedule. And I think we were lied to like whoever said we had the third easiest <laughs> right. schedule in the NBA. I think they just made that up. We have 15 games left and 11, the 11 of the 15 are against playoff teams. 11. Like that's Yeah. That doesn't sound what? easy at all. <laughs> yeah, No. <laughs> um, so th- this is going to be rough. Uh, I, I hope Moses Brown uh, can, can log some minutes <laughs> yeah. and then pull down some boards. Cause it looks like we're losing guards and seven footers now. Well, Moses Brown is a great name, but I'm not sure he's the answer <laughs> for rebounding and point production that they need. Chucky, what about you? Are we at the it's, end of our winning line for the for this team? You have to win the games you're supposed to win, but this schedule is so rough, uh, and this team is so snake bit. And it's it's I'm not saying it's derailing what has been such a great time uh, for the city and for us to get back into Cavs basketball. But ultimately, you can't beat the injuries this team is facing. I mean, Lavert. He saw one or two games, and there's no timetable yep. right for him to come back. Yep. Rondo again. And I thought marketing after I, we kind of called him out a little bit last week, like I thought he played well in those two games and then yeah. shit. Uh, and then Alan, we don't even know uh, while we're recording, he, he, he breaks, uh, even though it's on his non-shooting hand. Uh, it's just so utterly disappointing, but, but I'm just hoping like whatever games they can win and and then maybe steal a game or two. Cause I don't want this team, this beat up to have to, to do a play in tournament. And I, I'm hoping something shakes out in, in, Maybe Garland and Mobley, who has stepped up immensely, maybe they can carry it through the rest of these 15 games or so, but man, they got to get healthy and quick. It seems like maybe they can still pull out games against teams like the Pacers. Pacers end down, you know, teams that are okay, but, you know, maybe aren't playoff teams or they're, they're kind of sniffing around the play in right now. But you could see that game Friday against the Heat and even the game Saturday against the Bulls. They're just being outclassed uh, athletically, experience Lee. <laughs> and they just weren't in those games. They were kind of in that Bulls game. I thought they had a chance to steal that one, but it kind of got away from them in the second half. But they were never in the Miami game. I mean, Miami was clearly head and shoulders better talent-wise than they were throughout that entire game. So that was bad. But the bright side, Garland for the last week averaged a double-double points and assists. Uh, Mobley, who we thought might be hitting the wall, uh, averaged double-double points and rebounds. So who do you think, Chucky, was the bigger stud for the Cavs this week? Garland's convinced me he's always going to be a stud now. Uh, So I would say Mobley just because we had questioned, is he going to hit this rookie wall? And he needs to step up with these injuries and even more after Allen goes down. And he has. Uh, Between the two of them, I think Mobley Mobley was kind of in a funk and he pulled himself out of it. So that was a big important thing for him to do to step up, but I'm going to go with Garland just so we can talk about him a little bit. Every time he takes the floor, he's scoring points from all over the place. He's takes, he takes the ball to the rim. He, he has a mid range game. Um, he's just the offense that we need. It'd be great to get offense from one or two other guys consistently through the game as well. I think the, you know, to your point girls in the Chicago game, they worked their way back into it and it was Mobley and Garland that did it. So you're asking two really, really young guys. Yeah, to play against a bunch of really good veteran basketball players on the Bulls, and they got close. It just now without the without the defense we get from an Allen, without some of the scoring we get from Markinen, we need guys like Kevin Love to. That guy's got to score like fifteen and get ten boards now, and and he hasn't been doing that of late. You're one step ahead of me this week instead of Chuck because (laughs) no, it's it's fine. No need to apologize. Chuck's, Chuck's buying an island. I, I got that. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's distracted. Uh, yeah. 
that was going to be the next question is even if we can count on Garland and Mobley to keep up that type of production, which is, is asking something from both of those guys, especially from Mobley since it's his first year, where else is scoring coming from on a consistent basis? And that's where I think they get in trouble because I don't think it's there. I don't think you can count on Kevin Love night in and night out. You can't count on a Coro night in and night out. You can't count on Jetty night in and night out. Certainly can't count on Moses Brown. <laughs> How do we know? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong, and I hope Moses proves me wrong, but I don't know. I think that's the biggest trouble is where else, uh, and Chucky, I'll throw this out to you because Denko kind of already brought it up, but I mean, where yeah. else is scoring coming from to keep this team in games? If it's not coming from love, it's coming from, from nowhere. Because I always preface it by saying, hey, he's had a great year and I'm really happy he stayed in Cleveland and all these kind of things. But you're, you're kind of asking him to do something that I don't know if he's built for right now. No, um, I, I, you know, no you're it, right. It was a perfect role for him to come off the bench and, and, and do that. But now when you're if he's starting and you're thinking, can this guy average a double double every game? Can he give you 20 points? Can he give you five threes? I don't think so. I don't know if love has ever been that kind of player where the spotlight had to be on him and you expected him to deliver. And I'm not saying he's the first option because it's Garland Mobley than him, but there just isn't. And that that's what sucks so bad about injuries. And we all know this. If Sexton was playing, or Rubio yeah. was playing. Yeah, there's offense for, you know, like there's yeah. offense. Uh, there's or even Levert. Can, yeah, I mean, even Levert, th- right? this was what Levert was brought in to do he was supposed to be that like 18 and 5 guy yeah. night in and night out for us and not having him there is just terrible and i don't know man like it's because it's a young team i worry that they're not going to be able to just flip the switch when the playoffs come if they bring these guys back and be able to make a run it's a frustrating way for the season to start winding down considering how much fun they've been up to this point but next week uh they're home all week long which has got to be good Uh, They play Monday against the Clippers, Wednesday against the 76ers, Friday against the Nuggets, Saturday against the shitty but somehow unstoppable Pistons. They can't, Cavs can't seem to beat. So, Phil, are they getting two wins this week? As you rattled off those teams, I thought two and two. That's, that's, that's what we got to get. And then you, you reminded me that we can't beat the Pistons of all, all teams. Yeah, right. So uh, maybe we turn that around. I, yeah, they're getting two. They're going to split again this week, just like they did last. Probably beat the two teams with losing records and lose to the two playoff teams. Who's the other team with a losing record? No, the only team with a losing record is right. the Pistons. The Clippers right. yeah, might I apologize be to the Clippers. over 500 or something. Yeah, Clippers I, are I, right. I apologize That's to the a, Clippers. I just assume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Clippers have been playing better, actually, yeah, the past yeah. couple weeks. They're, they're uh, the eighth man. seed right now in the West. Right. I would hope for a split but I'm thinking maybe the only team they beat is Detroit. The way they've played Detroit the last two yeah. times, even that's even that's not a given. I, I don't think they're getting two this week. I think this is going to be a rough stretch till we can start getting some guys back, especially if guys who we thought were back, like Markinen and Rubio, aren't ready to, to be back in day to day. But that's it for a lousy sip of wine and gold. Let's move on to our next segment, Brown Movements. <laughs> a look at the off-season transactions for the Cleveland Browns. A busy week for the Browns. They franchise tagged David Njoku. They tendered to Dearness Johnson, which means they have the option to match anybody else who wants to sign him, which I think is great. But obviously, the biggest move was the one that came over the weekend, the trade for Amari Cooper. Cooper's got three years left on his deal. He's 27 years old. It's 20 mil a year, but none of it's guaranteed, which means that if they want to cut him after one season or two seasons, they can do it with no cap hit. 
So that actually gives them a ton of flexibility. Essentially, all it cost them was a fifth round pick. Scale of one to five. One being the 1989 trade where the Cavs sent Ron Harper and two first round picks to the Clippers for Danny Ferry. Five being the 1989 trade that sent Joe Carter to San Diego in return for Sandy Alomar Jr. and Carlos Baerga. Where do you rank this trade? Wow, that uh, that tribe trade was fantastic. Um, <clears throat> let's put this trade at a three, uh, slightly above the midline. I mean, Amari Cooper's a, a, a one wide receiver for sure. Always has been. This is an upgrade for the Browns on a team that we've discussed over and over again, don't really use wide receivers well. So uh, I guess that's why I put it at a three because uh, I, I love that we got this guy. This changes how they have to approach the rest of the offseason. It's an upgrade from Landry, I would say. If Landry goes, you're paying more money, but it's an upgrade, so that's yeah. okay. And it's not much got- money. I mean, I think it's a difference between 18 and 20 right? Yeah, or 17 yeah, and 20 was whatever it, Landry was due. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that much. It's just, there's no way you're going to extend Landry at, unless he renegotiates. So <clears throat> he's probably leaving and that's fine. Amari Cooper is a, an upgrade at that position. And then you got to fill out that wide receiver room. So I'll give it a three unless in the next couple of weeks, we find out that maybe the other end of the passing attack has been changed. Although I, you know what? I think Baker's I'm not ready to talk there. about yeah, that yeah, yet. I know. Yeah, There's too yeah. much <laughs> going on this week already. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I, well, we, maybe we won't have to. I think uh, what, what worries me about Baker's current offseason is he's not, th- he can't throw yet. And this would be the perfect opportunity for him and Amari Cooper to get together in the offseason and sure. start working on things. And they just won't be able to do that because of his, his timing with his surgery. But um, like he and OBJ got together in the offseason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. 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 Amari Cooper. One thing that I read about him is he is a phenomenal route runner. I'm not saying OBJ and his dad didn't know exactly what route tree they were running. I'm just saying Amari Cooper is a really good route runner. That's got to be Helen's. Chucky scale of one to five. Where do you it's put a, it? It's a four for me. And there's a few different reasons. I think we, we had talked about the possibility of Kellen Ridley until, well, he, he bet on games. Tough break. Uh, I know they liked Goodwin. They franchise him. Uh, I know they liked Williams from the Chargers. They re-signed him. So he's the best receiver available out there. Fifth round, like, hey, I, I love the front office, but I'd rather have a, a proven wide receiver one than them taking a shot at a fifth rounder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And it and and again, the contract's kind of friendly. People are like, oh man, he costs a ton. One year, right? It, it's like yep. legitimately for one mm-hmm. year. The other reason I think it's a four, it's because Andrew Barry and that front office have done a wonderful job in these off seasons targeting exactly what needs to be fixed on this team in the off season. And if this is the first move in it, I am very happy. And like Phil said, this allows them to do something different in the first round. Now, I still think if they take another receiver, I wouldn't be pissed if they took yeah. a receiver at yeah. 13. Yeah. Right. But Get them on a rookie also, contract. They got the right. option now, yeah. though, right? I mean, to uh, take, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So wh- it just, for me, that's why it's a four. You got a, a proven talent. They basically probably leapfrog teams and, and offered them a fit because they were going to cut them anyway. I just like it because it tells you, hey, we're ready to address this room and turn it around uh, going into this season. So that's why it's a four for me. And I think he's still a a very good receiver that is usually pretty healthy. I think he's only missed like four or five games uh, throughout most of his career. So I'm all about that. Yeah, I'll take it. I I like it because it feels like a really low risk, high reward move because he's still only 27 years old and you can keep him at 20 mil a year if you want, uh, or you can let him go after a year and it's kind of like no harm, no foul. You barely gave anything up. A fifth round pick and they swapped sixes. Give me a break. That's free money. 
in, in my opinion. So I like the move and, and I do think it's another example of just a really smart front office going out and getting the best available guy. I think that's fantastic. I don't think you can ask for them to do anything more. Now I think it's on Stefanski to make sure that he uses this guy in a way that helps the team win games. Speaking of winning games, Munch and Crunch. Our weekly Cleveland Crunch (laughs) update. The Crunch continued their winning ways, taking out the Cincinnati Swerve in the Battle of Ohio with an 18 to 1 thrashing this afternoon. (laughs) And I got to tell you, it's bullshit that Tom Brady made his announcement and cut into the (laughs) Crunch news cycle. Uh. Nobody's talking about their run to a perfect season. Tell me who wins the Crunch Time Award for the player of the game. Uh, Our buddy Edmir Seljevic. Had five goals and two assists today. Uh, the Willowick Wall, Mary Who Musa, uh, only gave up one goal. <laughs> so, Jacques, who's who's your crunch time player for this week? Guy who had seven points. What a day! Yeah, uh, to to bring home uh, the Battle of Ohio. They do it again next week, but we'll oh, get there. Well, this week's Battle of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, how about you? Yeah, I think the guy that scored five goals and assisted on two others. Um, Clearly, they didn't. They only needed two of those goals to to win today, and uh, they just kept going. So I'll give it to I don't even remember his name. Admir Seljevic. Yeah, Seljevic. Way to go, buddy. Uh, he gets mine too. Although, hey, man, if you only give up one goal, you're going right. to win a lot of games. The playoffs will start following next week's game against the Swerve. Uh, the top two teams in each division play each other, and then the three winning teams from those games are reseeded depending on who's the best. With the best team getting a bye, and then two and three play each other and the winner goes on to play in the final. So the crunch is headed that way, but there is one more regular season game for the crunch to close out with a perfect record. Denko, I'm going to make this offer to you. Now the game is at seven o'clock next Saturday night in Cleveland. The pod will buy tickets for you and your boys. <laughs> if you guys will go and watch the crunch, make a run for a perfect season. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but decide right now. All right. So I, uh, you don't have to foot the bill for that. Cause I think I'm getting low seats. They're $15. A piece. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, if it's, it's seven o'clock on Saturday, so it would probably be me flying solo really. So, okay. uh, you know, watch out crunch game. <laughs> I've, I've got nothing tethering me down. Like, here we go. <laughs> oh, Better Uber for that one. Phil. Yeah. I'm going to call that, Miller. Fellas. See what he's up to. <laughs> We're going to close out our first segment. We'll come back for segment two and we will go on the diamond. Welcome back fellows to our second segment. And tonight segment two is going to take us onto the diamond. Do not step on the chalk when you get between the lines. Those cunts did it. <laughs> baseball once again survives the business of baseball an agreement was reached between the owners and the players association and i thought really interesting how this all went down i wanted to see what you guys thought about it the executive committee for the players association voted unanimously to reject the owner's offer then it went to a vote of the individual team reps where they overwhelmingly approved the deal, and that's how the deal got done. It's like the rank-and-file players told the guys that they had sent in to do the negotiating to fuck off and let's go play, which really surprises me. What does it mean for the players, for the players' association especially, when they kind of buck the leadership that way to get back on the field? I did not realize that's how it went down. What does it mean? I, I 
I don't know. I mean, I guess you want the decision to be based on the majority of the players and the majority of the players in baseball, given the size of these rosters are the rank and file players. Right. I mean, of that's, course. Yeah. These are the guys that are probably like, listen, man, I need a paycheck. <laughs> like I, yeah. I have, you know. I have bills to pay that, uh, you know, I don't have an accountant working for me, taking care of that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, maybe that's, that's what it means is a, the opinion of the middle to lower end group of players uh, won out. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing going forward. There's more power in like you're saying, like everyday ham and egger rank and file players than there are for the guys who represent them. So I assume those rank and file guys think the guys who represent them are real cunts that they <laughs> that they backdoored them and said, let's do it. Yeah, it definitely is a repudiation of whatever Tony Clark, super aggressive Santa and those other kind of higher up guys who had been sent in there were doing. For that group to come back and say, 100%, we're not taking this. And then the vast majority of players to come back and say, no way, we are taking this, let's go play. And that really shows a lack of confidence and belief in your leadership. And I think maybe it's a sign that the leadership may have been looking more long-term, but the reason why players always lose this negotiations is players have to look short-term. The players association is going to exist 20 years from now and can try to make inroads in a deal now that protects them 20 years from now. The owners are certainly doing that because they're all going to be around, but the day-to-day guys. And if you're thinking like, Hey, I got five years to play and I need to make as much as I possibly can in five or six years. And you're risking losing 30 games or 60 games like we talked about last week i think those guys are saying hey it's more important to protect me now than to worry what kind of condition the association is going to be in 15 years from and maybe that's what gets a deal like this done the way that this happened but i don't know if tony clark's going to have that job for long so maybe there's a mall santa opening for him (laughs) (laughs) so some of the details or at least some of the highlights of what i'm sure is a very detailed document we have a universal dh now designated hitter will start in the national league this year the new deal increases the minimum salaries for players all the way up to by the end of the five-year term, the minimum salary in baseball is going to be almost 800000 a year. They increase minor league salaries kind of the same way incrementally. There's a draft lottery now, which is supposed to discourage tanking. The luxury tax threshold will go up. That's a, a win for the players, I think. We have a 12-team playoff, and the league can institute changes to the rules on the field on 45 days notice. Uh, and so that's things like a timer on the pitchers or banning a shift. Uh, Those kind of things can happen much more quickly now. This lockout lasted 99 days. Do any of these changes seem significant enough to have lost 100 days leading into this season? I mean, other than the minimums for players and minor leaguers, I guess... Uh, that seems significant because obviously you're always trying to get more money. But other than that, no, we knew the universal DH was coming from what, 10 plus years ago. And I, I like the fact that it'll only take 45 days if they want to address some issue that, again, they've been talking about for 10 to 15 years, whether it's a pitch clock or not doing a ship, whatever it is. But no, uh, <laughs> I, I would assume we could us three could have hammered this out in about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> One game of human rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> 10 minutes, and we would have been done. Was this really all this was about? I don't know. That seems strange. It seems like the players, they got the financial 
part they were angling for, right? That was a big well, deal. Well, some of it. I mean, they they did not get anything on free agency or years of control. Years of control. They got some really yeah. small things on like arbitration and stuff like that for those younger guys. But for the most part, they didn't. That doesn't change. So the the financial side of things that they got were the, the league minimum yeah. um, going up and then and then more money for the minor leaguers. So that, that's kind of a win. That's a win for, again, our rank and file, right? That's a win yeah. for those guys. But yeah, for 100 days. I thought it was funny. I was driving around when they made this announcement and the next announcement that came up was uh, free agency starts in 20 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> <like>, yeah. <laughs> you, you're right. Like a hundred days of the off season was negated. So no one did anything. And now they're trying to fill out rosters and report to camp at the same time. Yeah. Report to camp yeah. today, today, <laughs> and, and still try to fill out rosters and sign free agents. So I, yeah, there's no way this should have taken a hundred days and although i don't think we should be surprised given their first meeting lasted seven and a half minutes you yeah. know they're just a bunch of cunts fighting with each other until finally we get to spring right i don't know it seems like an awful lot to have such small changes and to also to have changes that frankly seem really reasonable like yeah. okay we're going to incrementally do all these things we're going to change these numbers okay great like we couldn't have come up with this solution 97 days ago you know yeah. like this really took that long i don't know other than i think the most obvious one which is the addition of the dh do any of these changes impact what we are going to see on the field day to day the only thing i saw is that somebody and it was an asinine tweet, um, but this was a baseball <laughs> writer with a blue check mark. I think somebody signed with the Giants for like two years, forty some million. And the oh, it was Rondon. It was a, that pitcher from the White Sox. Right. So, so the the blue check baseball writer said, "Small markets take notice. This is how you should be doing it." I'm like, "Does this fucker know forty <laughs> some million for two years? That yeah. is never happening yeah. for the Guardian." So, yeah. I, I don't know what changes. All That's I saw a third of our like, payroll right. yeah. Like, yeah. Huh? Yeah. you know like what so there was be no, awesome there was no payroll floor right there was nothing like that i know nothing that like that was about, added either that's yeah. the one that i would have appreciated the most being a guardians fan that's yeah. uh and even regionally a pirates you know the pirates here too same yeah. bullshit so i would have respected that but no i don't think it changes much of the product at all for us the dh going into the nl what it does is extend a lot of careers sure now right? Yep. I mean, you've got twice as many DH positions for guys like a Jason Giambi to hold on for another couple of years or what have you. And it's a good thing. And, and saves pitchers too, man. I was about like to say pitchers right, getting was, hurt, hitting right. is such a terrible we thing. We don't to have need happen. to trot Shane Bieber up to the plate. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. So yeah, this is uh that that's a good thing, but I think that it won't drastically change the game. I mean, it's basically what we've been watching in the American league uh, forever. So other than that, no, I don't think any of this changes the game. The 45-day notice to change some of the, the other things they've been discussing is interesting. So didn't we just recently have a mid-season rule change? Something happened. Like, uh, was it last season that the extra innings thing with a guy starts on second? Was that within the last That was at the happened. start of last year. They knew Something that one happened mid-season, and it was kind of weird. Like, wait a minute. Like, that changes stats a little bit. So that's kind of what this might do too, right? If they, in the middle of a season, if they give you a month and a half notice, like, Hey, we're going to do a, yeah. do a pitch clock now starting yeah. in June. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. That's a little interesting, but we'll see how that pans out. It's an interesting process. It's actually a committee of owners, reps, 
player reps and one umpire mm. that would agree to make a rule change and then it could be implemented within 45 days. I mean, that has the potential to change things. At this point, I don't think anything's changing. And I think it's laughable that a draft lottery is going to discourage tanking <laughs> Yeah, because right. I don't right. really think it's not the right. NBA where, where you might have three franchise changing players in a draft, you know, and then nobody else, like there's still 20 rounds of the draft in major league baseball, you know, so uh, that lottery I think is kind of a silly add on, but enough talking the business of baseball. Let's move on to from the land spring gardening, our Cleveland guardians spring, <laughs> spring training report. Oh, no. uh, before we get to the spring, <laughs> let's see what you remember from last year. Phil, did the guards have a winning record last season? No. Not. No, they were what two games under three games. Well under, done. Under? Well done. Yeah, Your yeah. memories are a lot better than mine. I had to look it up. 80 and 82. Who led the team in batting average? Uh, Miles Straw. Chuck? Um, say Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. You're both wrong. Chuck, you're wronger. Oh, um, good. Great. <laughs> Tristan McKenzie <laughs> actually led the team in batting average. Oh, he had yeah. Right. Because <laughs> he had four at bats. Yeah. Two at Unreal. bats. Unreal. <laughs> Ahmed Rosario batted 282 um, no. straw batted a little bit higher than that but he only had like 200 at bats with the tribe so he doesn't technically qualify so it was actually a bigger beard rosario led the team who's the pitcher with the most strikeouts man since all our starters got hurt i'm gonna say emmanuel classe god god pitched for us last year. yes <laughs> the lord the lord our we savior should, we should not have had, had a losing record <laughs> looking are you saying jesus christ can't throw a curveball <laughs> Oh God! Who had all the appearances? The old dude. I'm just—he didn't strike out people, but it's who I'm going with. Shaw is that who it was the guy? No, no, it, <laughs> it was Tristan yeah. McKenzie. Oh. McKenzie did really. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know why this Otani yeah. guy is getting all this, you know, press. <laughs> yeah. Tristan yeah, McKenzie, the team yeah. hitting and strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> Spring training this year obviously is a shortened thing. I think we did something like eight episodes last year talking about spring training. We <laughs> get to do like three this year. Big picture. What's the most important thing for the G-men to figure out this spring? Corner outfielders. I, I, do we even have any under contract? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, think we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have uh, what's his name coming back from his ankle fracture. So that might be a good Josh Naylor Naylor. Yeah. And obviously we got straw on center and who would, are, are we putting what's his name out there again? Mercado. It, it's him. It's Fran mill played out there. Some, well, I figured he um, Zimmer is still on the team. Oh, good. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying these are all great options. I'm just saying uh, those are some of so those are some with, of the outfield options. Bigger picture, I think we need to figure out our outfield, and slightly beyond that would be the bullpen. Chucky, can I say keeping the starting rotation healthy? You can. That's, that's, yes. that's where I'll. That's where I'll <laughs> yeah. fall. It's really important. Maybe keeping those guys healthy this year would be nice. I was thinking of in terms of offense. Oh. And the batting order between five and nine, one through four actually looks pretty good, right? You got Straw leading off, then Rosario, then Ramirez, and then Fran Mill. And if all those guys play at or maybe better than they did last year, especially if some of those younger guys improve, that's a pretty solid start to your lineup. And then after that, you you start to hit the question marks. You get five straight outs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bobby yes. Bradley, Austin Hedges is probably going to be the starting catcher. So you got him back there. Who's Whoever's going to play second, second base. Yes. Second That's base. a yeah. big question yeah. mark. Yeah. That should be my question mark then. Other you than want to go back? 
No, I mean, pitching is super important here in Cleveland. But yeah, second base, that'd be nice. I need a second base. Be like four guys and Yu Chang over there, Rob, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of movement at second base. You know, we, we kind of already hit on this, but my next question was Josh Naylor was hitting in the cage this weekend. So he is full on doing baseball activities. If he's ready on opening day, is he the starting right fielder? Are they they're at home or away? Where are they? Do you know? They're in Kansas City. I think. Yeah. It doesn't matter then because their home game is against the Giants, right? Yeah. Is their home opener? Either way, I'm going to say yes, only because uh, Fran Mill probably will be DHing, right? Well, everybody's going to have a DH, so it doesn't matter now whether they're oh. at home or. I wasn't paying attention 10 minutes ago, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to say yes and move on. <laughs> Phil, what do you think? I think if Josh Naylor is ready to go, he's your starting right fielder. If he's not ready to play the field, then maybe you trot Fran Mill out there and let Josh play DH, which is kind of frightening. But if he's healthy, uh, I mean, he's hitting in the cage, but you know, it, can he can he play the field? That's the thing. Because he was actually, yeah. before he got hurt, he was... Yeah. He was coming into his own a little bit there. So yeah. uh, I think if he's ready to go, then that's your starting right field. That, that's the thing is I think his, you want that bat in the lineup. He was starting oh, yeah. to really hit consistently last year and hit for a little bit of power too. You want him there. And so I think you got to find a spot and, you know, I don't know if there's going to be movement of, with him and Bobby Bradley at first base. Cause Naylor played some first last year too. If Bradley hits, you want that bat in the lineup too. Yeah, so right. I guess they, they got to find, space for these guys i'm actually surprised that naylor is going to might be available on opening day uh, i thought that injury was going to keep him um, hung up a lot longer than that with this shortened spring training and free agency period any moves the guardians make for a free agent before the start of the season yeah i, I you know i'm I was disenfranchised because of the lockout. So I really hasn't, haven't been paying attention to the, fr the, the free agents that are out there, but I would imagine there's a kind of like a middle ground free agent. They might go after at maybe an outfield position, like left field. That would be great. <laughs> um, you know, that I could see that happening. Second base, another one, we got rid of Hernandez in the middle of the year last year. Right. So yeah. maybe, a, maybe a signing like that, where you get a guy like a Hernandez in free agency to come in and play the middle infield for you. Maybe that's something they get done in the next uh, couple minutes because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> He's already late if they haven't. Yeah, right. Yet. <laughs> He's supposed to be there today. Chuck, what do you think? Are they making any moves? Possibly as long as they're low hanging fruit and they're dirt cheap. That yeah. seems to be the MO. Or maybe a guy who is low hanging fruit, dirt cheap and can play three positions. That seems to be the MO for this team that yeah. you can plug him in at second or make him pay, play in the outfield. I would like to see a, a catcher, maybe would be great. I, I know there's, you know, like whose brother is the catcher in, in the Neyler. double. Yeah, that'd be Neyler, yeah. maybe. I, I wish that kid was ready. I want to be excited about somebody on this team from an offensive standpoint, other than Jose Ramirez and Franimal. But yeah, I assume it's just like they'll let everybody pick through. And then the bottom feeder guardians just kind of walk in and say, oh, nobody's nobody's going after you. We'll offer you dog shit for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably feel pretty good about what they have. I think they've got some guys, Owen Miller, Jimenez, guys who they may already have plugged in for second base. I think they're going to roll with Austin Hedges. They did sign like a backup catcher today so there, there's something there but i have a feeling that they're not making any moves i think this is the roster that they're going to have and we're going to see how it plays out and they're going to rely a ton on really good starting pitching 
Uh, and I think that's the way the season is going to look. Real fast before we take our final break, odds of the Guardians winning the World Series is plus 8,000, which seems unfair. I would have never put it up more than plus 6,000. Chuck, you putting down 100 bucks <laughs> on the Guardians? No, <laughs> I am not. And I have wasted $100 on far less. Um, you might be right there, Gerb, them going in and feeling confident, a team that was two games under 500 with all those injuries shit for yeah. offense after that fifth position they overachieved a bit in my eyes maybe last year so maybe they just want to see it play out i'm going to put that hundred towards something that i could care even less about than <laughs> seeing if the indians win a world series pronounced guardians phil how about you thank you <laughs> um <laughs> it's baseball so i guess anything's possible but there there's really zero percent chance the guardians win the world yeah. series this year so i think i'll take that hundred dollars and buy a guardian sweatshirt maybe a hat Plus 8,000 is Vegas saying there is zero chance of this happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with that, fellas, why don't we take our final break? We're going to come back and talk about everything else. Ooh, nice. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. And we are going to go everywhere else and try to talk about everything else as quickly as we can. There's a lot to cover. About an hour and a half before we started recording tonight, Tom Brady announced that he's coming back to the NFL and coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. More surprised that he's coming back or more surprised that he's sticking with Tampa Bay? I think Tampa Bay still has a, a very solid roster, but... I thought about it in because he said like the alert came on the phone or whatever, like somebody texted out in the groove. And I was like, man, is his ego bigger than Aaron Rodgers? And he just couldn't take the fact that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And it. that's how petty yeah. I started thinking. Like he just couldn't handle the fact that Aaron Rodgers now is positioned as the highest paid player and the most talked about quarterback in the league for the last news cycle. But I guess it doesn't surprise me that he came back, though you say he should have been retired years ago. Oh, I get to do that whole bit again yeah. next year. Correct. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is still playing at an elite level. So why would you? walk away unless you know the wife and the kids are like it's it's enough and then they had him home for a month and they're like maybe yeah. you need oh, to go boy. back to doing the tv12 <laughs> method yeah. like yeah. we remember you're psycho <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> phil what about you more surprised that he's coming back or that he's sticking with the buccaneers uh between the two i'm more surprised he's sticking with the buccaneers i that was a retirement that we all kind of laughed at like all right this, he's been saying he's gonna play till he's 50 forever and then you know then yeah. he up and retired after last season so yeah i was surprised he went back to tampa bay uh it'll be interesting to see what they do because godwin is a, a free agent tagged. he got tagged oh yeah, he tagged. Tagged. So he's okay, back all right all right so yeah. he's got so he's got his weapons still yep. um they've got a good roster in and apparently i mean the nfc is the place to be right now if you're a stud quarterback with a good team because all the other quarterbacks are landing in the afc so yeah, yeah i mean I, I i guess i'm a little bit more surprised he's in tampa but who's to say they can't just run it back and, and get right back to the nfc championship game again i'm surprised that he's back at all he just seems like a guy who is thoughtful enough about his legacy and kind of the end of the road that once he made the call, he was going to stay away. But I still think he's the anti Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers would have had flights down to Tampa and like the coaching staff coming to meet with him at his house and all that kind of shit that like Brett Favre did. And, and Brady's just like, nope, I'm going to resolve this once and for all with his tweet. I'm back. And here we go. I'm surprised that he's back. Disney plus dropped a trailer for an Obi-Wan Kenobi show last week and all the nerds went nuts <laughs> chuck is there such thing as too much star wars in my life yes i i i enjoy 
certain Star Wars. I think um, Empire is the, is the best by far. But I watched some of The Mandalorian, enjoyed it, and didn't finish it. Uh, I didn't watch any of Boba Fett yet, just because there's a time crunch here when it comes to hour-long TV shows in my life. So it doesn't mean I won't get to them. <laughs> But do I think it's cool? Yes. It's a universe that needed to be expanded upon for many different reasons. One, because of the rabid fan base of nerds, as you say, and two, because <laughs> there's a lot of money out there about it. So it would make sense that you're getting Obi-Wan series. Why not? Phil? As one of the nerds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's no such thing as too much Star Wars. Like Just like there's no such thing as too much comic book content. I mean, it, the stories are out there and it's a whole universe and they've proven that they can ex- take these expanded universes, be it Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or comic books or whatever, and just go off infinitely in any direction and make a shit ton of money <laughs> every yeah. time they do it. There, I don't think as a fan, there's no such thing as, as too much, you know, are certain things going to be better than others? Of course, right? Like you're going to get some, some duds in there and some really good ones and some things that stray from what the movies felt like uh, when we were kids growing up. But uh, the Obi-Wan, I think, was one of the series that was earmarked from the very beginning when Disney Plus started doing their series of shows. It's just they got the other ones made sooner because this one is actually drawing on some uh, pretty high level talent, you know, to be in the in the show. And it's going to be it's going to be a lot like the movies where I think with Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan. So, no, there's there can't be too much Star Wars. How about that? I feel like there can be, but maybe we're not there yet. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Ewan McGregor is great, man. I'll I'll, I'll watch that guy. March Madness is here. Brackets were set today. Chucky, scale of one to cat tank. How ready are you to fill out your bracket this week? Cat tank. Cat tank. I didn't know who was ranked number one in the country until I think Thursday of this week. Uh, I did watch some some championship games today, oh, including wow. you did research, including uh, the Yale game. Which oh, nice. I think our high school had a bigger gym than they were playing. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Yale shouldn't have won. I think they beat Princeton. So I yeah. think they're matched up against Purdue or some a Big Ten team. Do not take Yale. They're not that good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's cat tank. I'm, I'm cat tank ready. I saw two sides of a bracket, so I don't even know any big matchups. I also did see my most hated Kansas Jayhawks are again oh, yeah. number they're one. Oh, yep. they're uh, so I'd, I'll screw it up with them, I assume, this year filling out a bracket. Phil, one to cat tank. Definitely cat tank. Like I, I am so ill prepared to fill out a bracket. I have not been paying attention to the greater college basketball landscape at all. Other than, you know, my, my personal rooting interest, I, who are the one seeds this year? Is it Kansas Baylor? Gonzaga, I know Kansas Gonzaga, and Gonzaga. I don't Kansas, know anybody Baylor, else. Gonzaga. God, who was the fourth one? I so the, get up on my super the usual suspect, so to speak. Right. I mean, it seems like, yeah, except I think the one surprise is that Duke was probably set to be a one seed but they lost to Virginia Tech yeah. in the ACC tournament. So well, that Krzyzewski guy should retire. He should. <laughs> he should. I love it. He just keeps getting angrier and continuing to lose big games. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm not sure there's been a year where I've watched less college basketball. since Arizona. Like I'm 11. sorry. Oh, Arizona. I'm sorry. I don't mean to Arizona. It's been a really long time since. I was this unprepared, but I don't know. Have I won the cat tank three years in a row? You're th- I think oh, you're three, Pete. You're oh, the- really hoping yeah, somebody else yeah. can steal that title from me. Oh, you're like year. the Michael Jordan of cat tankers. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> in Florida this week, the Players' Championship was going on down at Sawgrass. It's the first real big golf tournament of the season, and the weather made it absolutely bizarre. Uh, guys were teeing off to start their second round, 
at five o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, guys were wearing winter hats this morning in Florida. Uh, the wind was so bad Saturday afternoon and this morning that guys were missing the island green on 17 by 10 or 15 yards and ended up in the water. The wind was even impacting short putts. The third round is not done yet. Uh, weather permitting, they'll finish the third round in the morning tomorrow and the fourth round in the afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. There are 10 guys right now within three shots of the lead, unless they're still out there playing, uh, which is entirely possible. <laughs> Phil, if you're watching a golf tournament like this, do you like seeing the elements with the golfers or would you rather see them like work their craft in good conditions so you can see like great shots? I think you don't mind the elements with the golfers when it's the British Open, right? Like that's yeah. like, that's kind of part of its appeal. But this tournament, no, you want to see these guys like that. That Island Green is an impossibility. And to watch these pros hit it and do what we've seen them do over the years, that's what you want to see in this tournament. You know, a, a weather day here or there is not a big deal, but disrupting the entire tournament is, is kind of rough. You want to see these guys play and play well. I'm going the other way here. I am all for <laughs> fucking anarchy. <laughs> So this tournament's not gonna be over till Wednesday. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care about that. I, I like when uh, superhuman athletes seem human, like guys like us. Granted, guys like me, if it's a five degree wind, I am hitting it three fairways over, but I don't I don't mind it. I, I, I like the fact that sometimes it gets extreme. It's like, why would we sit there and watch a blizzard game in football? Because you know there's not gonna be great offense or scoring, but we still watch it. So I would I would seek, I'm gonna actually seek it out uh, later tonight if they're still playing. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably done tonight but you, you can find on youtube like the highlights or if you want to call them that from 17 on saturday afternoon and the guys they hit the ball and they just start laughing because the wind grabs it and blows it 25 yards to the right or to the left or forward or backward and it's a short shot right i mean it's 110 yards maybe and they end up 15 yards short like, it's just, it doesn't happen to these guys. I like seeing them play in the elements. It got a little bit crazy this week because it was almost like three different tournaments. It was like a rain tournament on Thursday and Friday, wind on Saturday. And then today was actually pretty good conditions and guys were hitting some shots. But I, I like to see it because it's you really get to see some of these guys who can keep it together for an entire round. That's pretty cool. If in those conditions you can shoot well, it means you're you're not losing your concentration on any of your shots, which I think is pretty cool to see. But I actually also love it because, you know, I get to have golf on all day tomorrow while I'm working. And, you know, that's pretty good. This week, biggest album or song release. Brian Adams' new album, So Happy It Hurts. Black <laughs> Keys' new song, Wild Child. Or Dolly Parton's new song, Woman Up and Take It Like a Man. What? Interesting title, Dolly. I know. Yeah. Wow. Of those three, I'm going to go with Wild Child. The Black Keys song is excellent. I've already okay. played it many times. Chuck? Who doesn't love Brian Adams? The guy who got COVID <laughs> twice in a month, apparently, when he was touring. And Dolly is a saint on this podcast. Yeah. For me. And everywhere. Yeah, and everywhere. That's true. But, but for me, it's a Black Key song. I'm a big Black Keys guy. I find it amazing that two guys can continue to make songs. As, as rudimentary sometimes as their music is, it's always catchy. Uh, and I thought it's great. Well, obviously the best song was Wild Child, but the bigger release was Brian Adams. <laughs> I listened to the entire album today and I will tell you, Brian Adams knows where his bread is buttered. <laughs> there are plenty of Summer of 69 and the love song from 
the Robin Hood movie, whatever. Everything you do, called. I do it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plenty of those types of songs on the new Brian Adams album, but Wild Child was really good. I, I was excited to hear that uh, they're coming out with a, a new album this year. That's good stuff. Russell Wilson was traded to Denver last week. It seems like a hundred years ago now. Does this even make the Broncos a favorite in their division? No, that division got crazy at the quarterback position overnight, right? Uh, Derek Carr, who's kind of a, hey, maybe he's better than what we've got in Cleveland kind of guy, is the worst quarterback in that yeah. division. It's got to be like the best worst quarterback in a division in a long, long time, right? <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I, I I mean, I guess it, what's his name? Uh, Herbert is still really young, but he passes the eyeball test for sure with the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes got married yesterday, I think. So, yeah. you know, maybe he really takes a step back and focuses on uh, his family next year. And it gives Russell Wilson a chance to, to win the division. Yeah. Now that he can finally have sex because he got married. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Pat. <laughs> Chuck, what do you think? Uh, I don't remember the question, but it was Are the Broncos even a favorite to win their division with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. Probably not, but they got better. Uh, Russell Wilson's still a great quarterback. That Denver roster is not a bad roster. So I think it helps and hopefully it helps to our Browns advantage that maybe they they don't win their division, but maybe they knock off some teams that mathematically helps the Browns get in the playoffs next year. So let's revisit this in about eight months, like nine that. months. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that view of it. I hadn't gotten quite that focus on the Browns when thinking about oh. it. So we all watched the first episode of Winning Time, the HBO show about the Showtime 80s Lakers. The second episode's coming out tonight. Phil, what are you most looking forward to seeing in episode two of Winning Time? Episode two, uh, that's, that, I'm a little interested to see how they go about the time of this, this series, right? Because right, episode one was all, I mean, Magic Johnson's not even part of the Lakers yet. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's all, it's all the pre-draft stuff and uh, Dr. Buss take, trying to get the team from Cook and those guys, like it's, it was all that setup and it seemed to be one whole episode, kind of the prologue, right? Like this is, this is what's building and we're going to get all the way through another two coaching changes for the Lakers with Westfall. And then eventually uh, our, our boy, uh, Adrian Brody coming in as, as yeah. what's his name, right? In episode two, what I'm interested to see is what does the Magic Johnson character look like? Because I'm assuming now he'll be on the Lakers. And after he got embarrassed at that party one on one against the guy in the in the fur coat, spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have I should have said that before I, <laughs> he got embarrassed at that party. Um, I'm interested to see how he takes to the to the Lakers and how they treat him. Really, I mean, you've got a bunch of th this show is portraying all these vets as complete assholes, and they're just going to destroy this kid right and we know that's not what happens so it, it'll be interesting to see how that transpires in the next episode chuck how about you i guess what i'm looking forward to is is finding out some more things uh about why jerry west didn't like magic johnson because he was too tall he was and, yeah, too tall and to play it, point guard it's, and it's easier base. easier <laughs> for him to get the ball stolen because right. the dribble has to go higher. twice. <laughs> he dribbles like, yeah. How far in like Jerry West's great player? I mean, he's the, he's the logo. The logo. Yeah. How yeah. far off are you that you think the guy's too tall and is, is arguably the best point guard in the history of the NBA is Magic Johnson? Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm interested to see how um, he changes hey, he changes people's minds that, that that he's actually really good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just interested to see how they handle the actual action of basketball. Cause I feel like we're going to get to see the Lakers playing in this second episode 
And I, I want to see what that's actually going to look like. We talked a little bit last week, too. Sometimes these sports movies get derailed by actors who can't be athletes and athletes who can't be actors. And you get like a low quality of like game performance kind of takes away from the overall entertainment value. I'm hoping that it goes well, but that's what I'm looking forward to seeing in the episode that's coming out tonight. But fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions finally. And we just did the whole show without mentioning the Ludington High School girls basketball team will play in the Michigan Division II state quarterfinals this week. With that news of basketball dominance coming from the jewel of Michigan's West Coast, I hope you guys have a great week. And let's get together and do this again real soon. Go Orioles. I was just going to say, what's their mascot? Go Go Orioles. Orioles. It's the Orioles. Go O's. Go O's. Goes. Rock. <coughs> yes, sir. Get this <clears throat> show on the road. It'll be a busy night, gentlemen. Ooh. All right. <clears throat> Guys, fucking ready to talk yes. some baseball. Yes. Let's do it. <clears throat> do it. You guys want to wrap this up? Everything else. Everything else. Let's do it. Interesting. Started. <laughs> <clears throat> what was the Browns? That was the funniest thing. Brown movements. Brown Brown movements. (laughs) Cavs split for the week. Took down the Raptors. They franchise tag Najoko. Mari who Mary who Musa. Any moves the Indian. Any moves the Guardians make. We have an infielder whose first name is John Kenzie. It's all one word. J-H-O-N-K-E-N-S-Y. John Kenzie Noel. Oh, I like it. What? I like it. He does. He's so, he's so new. He doesn't even have, he has like the grayed out silhouette face on the roster. There's not yeah, even a yeah, headshot. Yeah. Him. Yeah. There's a few of those. Man, I'll tell you what, like, so our, our catchers are Austin Hedges and Brian Lavastida. Yeah. That was the dude they just signed. Which I think is spanish for shitter um <laughs> there's a whole get to know article about uh yeah john kenzie yeah john kenzie that's an awesome name that's like the guy from seinfeld john kenzie john kenzie john kenzie oh if um, you don't think i'm using that again in another episode you are wrong uh, i can't wait you know, we forget about like some of these, you guys are talking about like these young guys. I think Chuck, you were saying these young guys to make the leap. Like this is like Nolan Jones needs to make the leap this year. Yes. right? Yeah. Like that's that dude's supposed yeah. to be our third no. baseman or left fielder or one yeah. of the two, yep. <laughs> you know? So, and it just sucks that this it, like shortened spring training is not going to give those guys, you know, the, the usual amount of time to kind of work into uh, a spot. Probably more optimistic than I should be, but that starting yeah. fucking rotation, if it's healthy, should be fucking awesome. So yeah. think about what we we discussed one year ago, right? It was a team yeah. that, hey, if the starters stay healthy, we can win the division. And the yeah. starters didn't stay healthy, and they <laughs> almost they won, the yeah. they won eighty yeah. games. Yeah, they won eighty games. Yeah, 
you know, you win 10 more lost, games, and, you win the division. <laughs> and and Fran Mill was out for a big stretch in the middle of the year. You know, I mean, like you, you didn't have, they were a lot more lost defensively than I think they are now. I think that Miles Straw move is, you know, solidifies a lot for the defense. I'm like, I don't know, plus 8,000. Doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you really start eternal. thinking about it. I need, I need my <laughs> but nice the sweatshirt and the hat. The sweatshirt and the hat will last me like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There were six teams, but one of them were one of them were the Bucks and two of them were the Steelers and Browns. So take those three out, right? <laughs> so the other three were Carolina, New Orleans, and I, I can't remember. Oh, the Seahawks. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they need a quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. If those are the teams he's agreed to like kind of meet with, the Browns and the Steelers were both on that list. Oh boy. Boy, I just don't know what to say about this. I guess oh, I guess if um, you can yeah. get him, you get him. He's at his best. I don't know that Baker is an elite quarterback. I think he's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you can win a lot of games with him if you've got the pieces around him. Deshaun Watson's mm-hmm. one of those elite guys, right? He is. Yep. I just don't want to root for a guy like that. I don't either. I don't that's either. the that's the problem. Yeah. I, I that's I the problem. Either. Guys like us who are decent human beings don't want to root for a guy like that, right. no matter what the cost. I don't want but, to be, you know, <laughs> I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers fan base. How many, no, how many wins are we talking? <laughs> you're talking double digit wins probably for the next yeah. seven years. Yeah. Deep playoff runs for the next yeah. five years. Yeah. I mean, if they reload and draft correctly and yeah. get rid of guys, but yeah, Listen, that's, everybody that's deserves a second chance oh or a God. 23rd chance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> man i i, I yeah. just oh, i'm not feels, gonna like it feels it, but... dirty it does <laughs> it man like I, scummy and filmy and gross but i'm gonna i'm gonna root rub for those Cleveland winds Browns. all over your face man. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna root for the cleveland browns no matter what but i'm not gonna right. feel good about it if yeah. he's our quarterback and yeah i mean the steelers fan base got over it <laughs> yeah. yeah you know clearly yeah, you know. yeah. um but man and for what it's worth, that. that dude stayed out of trouble after that. You know, and, and that was so, a long and, time ago, and, and he and know. Watson made do the same. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> being silly. <laughs> Shit, look at those oh. look at those chompers, man. Can yes. you see him? I don't know if you could see him doing this, Gerbs. That means more, more. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, give him a little more. Oh, you see him doing it? There he is. He's silly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. What's up, Chip? You, you say hi? Huh? Say hi. No. Okay. No. <laughs> oh, he's got no down. That's no. good. Oh, he's playing peekaboo. All right. You play peekaboo. peekaboo. What? what? No. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, I can't see you. Oh. <laughs> Holy cow. There he is. Yeah. Oh, flash. Zero. Zero? What do you mean, zero? Oh, zero. Oh, you see. Oh, okay. Oh, I got it. Oh, man. Hey. This kid's a genius. Okay. Yeah. Keep it right here. Yeah, just pause it. You clap and you want to say bye bye? You don't let me do anything. No. It's all that sighing from Whitney. Come on. Because I made her stop playing Super Mario 3. (laughs) (laughs) I 
heard her say you don't let her do anything. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when you marry a younger woman? That's right. (laughs) She wants to keep playing video games. (laughs) She's playing a video game that came out before she was born, though. That's pretty uh, pretty good. That's her. Her NES, too, man. We've had it on for like the last month straight. Like you never turn it off. Thing is so reliable. <laughs> if you turn it off, it might not turn back on. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it. And then because you can't really save anything. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So you yeah. gotta leave it on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, you gotta get off me. Jeez, oh man. All right, I'm, I apologize. Pete Davidson is sending all these texts to Kanye. All those texts was about, great. I'm banging your wife right now. Yeah. Um, oh no way! Oh, really? Yeah. And, oh. and everyone, everyone started getting pissed off at Pete Davidson because apparently he did the same thing to Mac Miller, and they were trying to equate it like Mac Miller committed suicide because Pete Davidson oh. was dating Ariana Grande. I'm like, oh my god! Like, come on! I don't guys. think that's why. No, I don't think that's what happened either. Yeah. But <laughs> I think we could probably spend an entire podcast talking about how is it possible that that dude continues to just pull unbelievably gorgeous women he he not as guys i, I can admit i could admit you know like i can look at him and, oh, i could see it he's yeah personality yeah, yeah. he's gorgeous i know whatever. i know why brad pitt gets laid right yes, yes. Yeah, right, right, right. i get it. every it's yes. not a mystery to me right <laughs> i don't i just don't understand it but maybe i'm just wrong i don't know i think he's probably like charismatic as f- yeah and it's broads, gotta be it. broads like that man um whatever man like he's with kim kardashian that can't him. be fun there's gotta be good parts there's like gotta be good yeah, there's gotta be great parts he's with beck and sale for like a month yeah Lord. yeah 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 oh, oh was yeah. he really i didn't know yeah. that i thought it was do you I think that was his Ariana Grande rebound. Yeah, after Ariana, there was Kate Beckinsdale. <laughs> so a little, little, a uh, little MILF action for him. So good for him. That was, yeah. that was a swing and a long drive out of here. But uh, maybe yeah. he should play second base for the. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> Too tall. <laughs> Get taller than Ryan Sandberg. Give it Phil. Ryan Sandberg. He's got to be <laughs> <laughs> six foot five. <laughs> What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? Here to amuse you?